Hi, I'm Mike Darter. I'm the co-founder and CEO of CCW Safe, and it's been a while since I've done a podcast, uh, but it's great to be back, and I'm glad to be back because today we're going to be talking to Chris Cunningham. Um, I've worked with Chris uh, for uh, some time in the past when I was with Oklahoma City, and uh, Chris, we're just going to get right into it. Why don't you tell us kind of a brief history on you, and then I got some questions I want to cover for you. You bet. Um, I just recently retired the end of May of this year from the Oklahoma City Police Department. Um, I spent 31 years with the Oklahoma City Police Department. Started in 1992 working in patrol uh, and then went uh, from patrol into our uh, street level narcotic kind of crime prevention unit that we called Impact at the time. Uh, that's where we spent most of our time working mm -hmm. together. Uh, and then I went into uh, community relations for a little bit, uh, investigations and media relations, and then back to investigations. Spent 17 years in the homicide unit as a homicide detective, um, and then finished the last portion of my career, the last approximately two years uh, in the uh, child pornography, internet crimes against children unit, um, and just decided it was time. 31 years is a long time to see what we've seen uh, and do what we do and um, just decided to, to retire and enjoy life and and that's what my plan was. That so, was your plan? That was my plan. Until it's been now. altered a little bit. <laughs> we actually had kind of a similar, so I came in on 91. I came yeah. in, uh, I think I was 106. Yeah, 108. 108. Yeah. So and then, yeah, we were in Impact about the same time. Yeah. You were at Hefner Impact? Or I was in Hefner. Hefner uh, I was, I was with, uh, gosh. Tidwell? was Tidwell was a lieutenant, and yeah. Stan was actually in oh, the yeah. unit with me for That's a while. Right. Yeah. That's right. He got Those me in fun. a little bit of trouble. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I can see that. I can see that happening. Impact was a great time. It was, uh, uh, you know, that was probably the, I don't know, that and gangs, they were very similar and kind of a yeah, word, both but of it those. was one of the funnest. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the Im impact time for me really is where I got my teeth wet. That's mm -hmm. where I learned how to think outside the box and, and uh, figure out how you can do certain things on investigations that maybe you wouldn't have thought of because you had so many different, you had so much exposure to different types of crimes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, it was it was predominantly drug related, um, but we also, you know, during the holidays, were on top of yeah. the malls. Mm -hmm. um, if we had auto burglaries in certain areas, we were on top of businesses or sitting in somebody's living room that let us use their house or something. You mm -hmm. know, um, it, it was really a great opportunity to. Um, just kind of learn a little bit about everything. You know, yeah. you weren't you weren't a, a dedicated investigator into one specific thing. Um, and during those times, your time in gangs and mm -hmm. and our time in impact, um, you know, you you let. I, it makes me laugh a little bit when they talk about community policing now. Yeah. Because their yeah. idea of community policing is having coffee with the citizens. And I'm laughing at like, no, our gang guys did community policing because they knew the people in the community. Yeah. They knew who they needed to talk to. They knew where to go to get the information. And it was the same thing with impact. Yeah. That was community policing before anybody put a tagline right. on it. Right. So. Right. We'll give these guys a minute. <laughs> 
We're going to take a moment for our sponsors. The Lawn Guy. For our sponsors. The Lawn Guy is our sponsor of today's podcast. Okay, so we're talking about community policing. Yeah, I, I, Impact was, you know, fast unit before Impact was even probably better. Exactly, yeah. But Impact, for our time, it was a time, like you said, where you got so much experience in different things exactly. uh, rather than just patrol. <clears throat> um, let's, let's talk a little bit like why did you become a police officer? And you can go back as far as you want. You know, um, it, it's funny because one is a female and then an officer that stayed as long as I did and chose the positions that I chose. I get asked that all the time and I wish I had this great story. I don't. Um, I am the only person, uh, or I should say the first person in my immediate family to go into public service. Everyone else in my family works in the private sector. Um, In fact, when I was in college and told my dad what I wanted to do, it was not a good conversation. Yeah. Um, So I just, it's just something that I always wanted to do. I didn't dress up like one at Halloween. Mm-hmm. I didn't do any of that stuff. But from from the day I told my mother and then my father about what I wanted to do, my mother wasn't surprised at all. Obviously, she was scared for me because mm-hmm. here's her little girl going to be a police officer. Um, but I, I just wanted to do it. And, and if I'm completely truthful, I didn't just want to be a cop. I wanted to be a homicide detective. Really? And so my, my end game was to get on the department, a department. Oklahoma City was one of the departments I applied to. I had actually even applied to the Norman Police Department at the same time. And it's funny, my journey started as I was going to go federal. Uh, when I was in college, I did an internship uh, in the Journal Record Building, which is right across mm-hmm. from the bombing memorial. Um, and. Uh, I would sit in that office at night and look at the Murrah building and think about, I'm going to work in that building one of these days. Um, But at the time, you had to have certain requirements. You had to be an attorney, a CPA, or have four years of law enforcement. Mm -hmm. So I decided, okay, I'll apply to local law enforcement, get that four years, and then I'm out. I'm gone. Um, And Oklahoma City held their boards first, and I got offered a job right after I graduated from college. And uh, I ended up staying there 31 years, and there's not a day I didn't love my job. Obviously, there's days you wish you weren't dealing with what you're dealing with, Mm -hmm. but I absolutely loved doing what I did for 31 years. I didn't leave because I was tired of it. I didn't leave because I didn't enjoy it anymore. I left because times have changed, and it's time for me to do something else. So. What's he doing? He's sparkling. I think he was in the hospital a a little bit. He missed a leaf. The mower's quieter than the blower. They're mowing out front. They've been mowing the whole time. And it's funny, I watched him on the front porch and he like spends five minutes trying to blow one leaf. Dude, it's one leaf. Pick it up and move it and then blow it. Don't just stand there for five minutes trying to make it move with the forced air. Okay. And so when you applied to, uh, back at that time, it was hard to, 
they had about 1,500 applicants for Yeah, it's positions. not, we didn't have a bonus <clears throat> sign on. We didn't yeah. have a, hey, come here, we'll give you money to join. Um, it was, you filled out an application and it was a difficult process. It was like, I think for me, I think it was about two years before yeah. I got on. Well, and, uh, two things were in my favor. One, I was a female. Mm -hmm. And two, I had just graduated. So I had a four-year <clears throat> degree. Yeah. So even I'm filling out the application process while I'm finishing my degree because I had uh, Major Mike Heath as oh, yeah. my instructor was, at yeah, AU. He was good, yeah. And he was the major <clears throat> over recruiting at the time. Yeah. He was out at the training center. Yeah. So we spoke briefly one day after class and he said, we're hiring, go fill out an application. Oh, nice. And so I started the process when I was still in school. Uh, graduated in May, had my board right after that, mm -hmm. I want to say in June, Yeah. Uh, and then started the academy in September. Wow. So, but it was because I was a female. Yeah. I think there were five, maybe six that started in our class of 50. Yeah. Um, and we ended up only graduating four, I think. Wow. So. Yeah, it was a tough time back then compared to now. <clears throat> um, I, I, I didn't think I was going to get hired. I thought there was no way I'm going to get hired. Really? It went like two years, and I mean, it was, it was a, uh, and I honestly think the reason I did get hired, when I was, uh, I think a junior in college, I got, I got T-boned at 23rd in class and by a police car. Really? Yeah, and I still to this day think, they hired you because <laughs> that's why I got hired. You that's know? classic. That's awesome. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. It was it was tough to get on back then. Um, so that and, and especially coming from straight from school, I was the same way. I graduated May, mm -hmm. started June the yeah. academy. And my, you know, I was the same way. My mom, uh, I, my mom and dad were divorced. I lived with my mom at that time, mainly and. She did not want, it was a hard sell. Yeah. It was a very hard sell. And it, it got to a point where I just had to say, mom, I'm doing this, I want your support. And if yeah. you can support me, that's great. If not, I'm doing it. Yeah. You know, and you probably had that same conversation. I had, you know, I, my mom, one, is supportive of everything uh, that I've done in my life and of me as a person. I, I feel very fortunate for that. Um, I, I don't think, you know, I'd, I'd like to say that, that my dad being so against it was about a fear. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was a driving part of it. But it was also no one in his family had ever done public yeah. service. I mean, my, my grandfather on my dad's side ran a barber shop. He was a self-made mm -hmm. businessman. My grandmother ran, a, ran an in, my father's mother, my paternal grandmother, ran an in-home daycare. They were business owners. Mm -hmm. yeah. My dad was um, huge in uh, financial planning, oh, yeah. private business. Yeah. Um, my uh, stepmom was in that business with him. They had their own business um, and, and did very well. I worked for them yeah. during the summers. Um, and it was just, it, you know, it just wasn't what he saw yeah. his daughter doing yeah. for a lot of different reasons. Um, but after a while, that kind of disappeared. Yeah. There wasn't any, you know, 
not going to talk to you. There wasn't any of that. Yeah. Once I was in it, kind of like what you did with your mm -hmm. mom, once I was in it, it was support yeah. all the way from my family. Um, and and I've, I feel very lucky. Um, I said I was the first one. My brother, uh, I have two brothers and a sister. Uh, my older, I'm the oldest, but my oldest brother was a police officer for a little while. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, really, the whole time, though, he wanted to be a firefighter. He was oh my the dark side, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woo, no, I'm a hero deal. <laughs> um, no, he, he's always wanted to be a firefighter. But I, I explained to him, because I had learned the politics yeah. of city <clears throat> government. Yeah. Hey, get a job on the police department, and then mm -hmm. you'll meet the people, and then you'll meet the fire department, and then you... Yeah, will have an easier, easier chance of, of when you apply getting on. And that's exactly what happened for him. And he's had a great career on the fire department. He's a captain with a fire department, with a fire department here in Oklahoma. Oh, nice. So, um, but, you know, to go back to your original question, again, no super story, no saved by an officer or yeah. had a car wreck or whatever, and the officer was great. Yeah. It's just something that was here from the beginning yeah and and i don't regret a minute of it that's awesome. not a minute and i don't regret staying local yeah i've had a great career been been able to stay with my family mm -hmm. um been able to make a good retirement i mean who to, i don't have to work another day in my life mm -hmm. luckily my family's in financial planning and stuff but mm -hmm. like i said when i retired yeah it was to start the next chapter and do nothing for a while yeah and that's that's a good life yeah. When you can when you can do what you love for 31 years and when it's time to walk away it's time yeah and you still have your your body you still have your mind you still have <clears throat> excuse me you still have the ability to start a new life mm -hmm. you know so that's that's what I've done well you had a great career <clears throat> and it was uh, uh, I am glad that you stayed local I you know, I went federal but you did, for yeah. a different reason. Absolutely, yeah. Um, um, but did that have, once you got on Oklahoma City, is that, did you still want to go federal for yeah. some time? And then how did that subside? So um, I had in my mind four years. Four mm -hmm. years is, is the time. And the way Oklahoma City is set up, uh, you know, you spend your first six, six and a half months in an academy. Mm -hmm. And then you spend your next four months in your field training officer program. Mm -hmm. um, and then you get off probation and then you still have to, you know, spend a good couple of years yeah. in patrol before you can be accepted for anything else. So that was still my plan. Mm -hmm. Four years and I'm going to start applying for federal uh, positions and I'm going to figure out where I'm going to go next. Yeah. Um, but it was crazy because during that time, again... I, I just feel very fortunate. I worked around, uh, you know, people. I worked around Stan on the streets. Mm -hmm. I worked around uh, a guy named Lyndall Easley on mm -hmm. the streets. Um, I worked around uh, people that that really loved the job mm -hmm. and loved what they were doing every day um, and instilled, you know, everybody kind of goes, oh, here we go with the stories. The old school stuff. Mm -hmm was what made me love staying here and yeah. being here. So by the time that four years hit, it, I never even thought about it again. Yeah. Because I could see all the different things. You gotta remember at the time, you could ride a horse mm -hmm. 
and be a police officer. Mm -hmm. You could fly a helicopter and be a police officer. You could ride a bike and be a police officer. You could drive a boat and be a police officer. All those options were here. Yeah. And that doesn't even include going inside and doing investigations and ending up in the homicide unit and, and stuff like that, which you gotta remember, I really wanted to be one. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that very much at the federal level. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, it was really kind of just, you just kind of, at least for our department, our agency, I got absorbed in what all was available to me mm -hmm. and what I could do. And it, this is the corny part, it drives me crazy, but it's the truth. The difference you can make here locally mm -hmm. that you originally maybe thought you needed to go someplace else to do. Yeah. And I didn't have to do that. Yeah. So. It's a good point. Yeah. It's a very good point. So let's talk about homicide. So what was that like? Um, well, I had worked uh, homicides prior to getting in the unit. Um, I spent two years in the child abuse unit um, before uh, I went into media relations. And then after media relations, I knew my goal was I want to go to homicide at this mm -hmm. point. Um, so I went into investigations into the assaults unit. So I had worked some child deaths and, and child abuse, and then I also in the assault unit, the way it works with our department was if you catch it, you clean it. So it's mm -hmm. your case. So if I got called out on an assault and that person ended up dying and it was a homicide now, I kept it. I didn't hand it off to anybody. Now I guarantee you, I had help. I mm -hmm. go ask, hey, this is what it's turned into. I need a little bit of help. So you would, you would get that help. And um, it, yeah, it just, the bug just grew. And I did a temporary rotation with Steve Carson, mm -hmm. um, yeah. kind of as my training guy in there. Uh, and then I went back to assaults for a few months uh, before they had an opening. And then I went in in, um, I think it was like November of 2004, I went in full time. And uh, I had worked the bombing already, mm -hmm. ton of exposure, tornadoes, mm -hmm. you know, we see you know, death and, and the incredible destru destruction that those do. Um, so it was really just kind of a, okay, this is what I'm going to be immersed in every day. Mm -hmm. The one thing that did, that did catch me um, and not off guard, but I really had a learning curve was, you know, in our homicide unit, we don't just work homicides. We also work suicides. Mm -hmm. uh, we work suspicious deaths. And then we work officer-involved shootings. Yeah. So the first couple officer-involved shootings were really eye-opening for me, mm -hmm. um, but it was, it was kind of, it really became an additional pull of why I wanted to be there, why I stayed for as long as I did. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, and, and from the jump teaching at the academy, I tell them, you do your job, I'll do mine. Yeah. And as long as you've followed your training and you've done what you need to do, the facts will play out the way that they need to. And so I really enjoyed being able to work those type of investigations and really become the foundation for anything that officer was gonna go through. So my investigation had to be clean. It had to cross every T, it had to dot every I, because anything that went forward Mike Darter's gonna have to rely on the quality of work mm -hmm. I did from the very beginning for civil litigation, criminal procedure, anything like that. And I really enjoyed the challenge of that. 
So. Is that what was so eye-opening about working officer involved versus others? <clears throat> Absolutely. The gamut Be of the full. Where it goes from, yeah. yeah. You know, because you think about it, everything I do or have done up to that point was within the, cr the criminal realm, within the criminal court system. And then all of a sudden you see, okay, your investigation is now what the city attorney uses to defend the department, to defend the officer, to defend your investigation. Mm -hmm. Was it done factually? Was it done, you know, by the book? And that's one of the things that I've taught for years when I was an instructor is if you cut corners on any investigation, you tarnish all investigations. Mm -hmm. So it was really a nice challenge that, you know, you had to be on your best for your homicides, but you had to be on your best with multiple hats for an officer involved shooting investigation. And it was a challenge and I, I enjoyed that challenge until the day I walked out. Yeah. So that segues perfectly into CCW. So, so that is, do you, what do you feel about your job now? Do you feel about being related to, do you see it as being similar to that officer Bill? You know, I, I don't <clears throat> for this reason. Um, it allows me to do something that I could never do. CCW SAFE allows me to do something I could never do before as a police investigator. Even though I'm going to do this investigation and this officer's involved in it, and I want so much to say, hey, you're going to be okay. This is why you're going to be okay. You cannot do that. Mm -hmm because you have to stay in your lane. Because I'm not the one that decides whether it's gonna be okay or not. I was never the one that made that decision. Um, what CCW SAFE allows me to do is, um, in my role with them as a critical response team, uh, I get to do what I could never do in my 31 years as a police officer. You have people that are getting ready to be part of a system in whatever role that have no concept of what's getting ready to happen and have no mm -hmm. concept of the system is about to steamroll you in one way or another, whether it's actual charges, whether it's just the stress of the situation. Um, and I get to step out of this lane that I have been in for 31 mm -hmm. years and sit with them and say, hey, you're gonna be okay and this is why and have those conversations and help that person understand what's getting ready to happen. Because I'm not, again, I'm not in charge of what's gonna happen, but mm -hmm. I'm not a, I don't have a role in what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. When I was a police officer, I had a role. Mm -hmm. I had to stay in the law enforcement lane and could not, you know, we've seen that happen. Yeah. You walk up, we, we've had situations where officers walk up and pat the guy on the back and yeah. hand him a challenge coin and then Five weeks later, that person is now charged with murder, mm -hmm. and that challenge coin is getting dropped in the county bin to go through the metal detector mm -hmm. because you didn't stay in your lane. Yeah, y you had to, and and that was part of the responsibility and the ethical part of doing that job. Now I get to kind of satisfy mm -hmm. that for me, mm -hmm. um, and I have had the opportunity to go on one of our responses and to walk up to that member when they had just gotten out of jail and see the emotional state they were in and then spend three days with them 
and talk to them and and go over stuff and explain to them what's getting ready to happen and that member is completely different mm -hmm. than the member that I saw when I first witnessed them mm -hmm. first met them the member I leave when I leave town is going to be just fine because they understand what CCW safe is going mm -hmm. to do for them and I don't and I have nothing to do with what's going to happen criminally yeah but they understand that the company is behind them Mm -hmm. because you're standing there looking at them and talking to them and explaining what's getting ready to happen. Yeah. It, I've only done it once so far, yeah. but it was so fulfilling. It was like, yeah, this is a no-brainer. I need to do this. That's awesome. So. Well, and it's, it's uh, you're going to be great. You're, this role, I think, uh, when I saw you in the office, when I walked in that day, I was like, <laughs> it's like this, just yeah. this big, you know, relief knowing that uh it went the other way too yeah that that office with everyone in that office <clears throat> yeah there you know anytime you start something new you got a little yeah. bit of jitters yeah not a jitter Nothing. from that group for me because awesome. there's not been anybody that hasn't been able to help me mm -hmm. you know i've got a huge learning curve um and and to see i you know i i told my family over thanksgiving um you know, I, I don't understand with all the questions that I'm taking from members and all the conversations I'm having. Nine times out of ten, I may respond initially by email, but there's a follow-up phone call and we talk. Mm -hmm. And I don't have less than a 20, 25-minute conversation with any of them. Mm -hmm. And they're appreciative um, and they understand what's... I hope, I tell everyone, I hope I never meet you. Yeah. But if I do... This is what's, what we're going to do for you. Yeah. And I told my family at Thanksgiving, I said, if you, I don't even care if you carry a gun. Yeah. In this day and age, if you're not a member of CCW Safe, it, it, it makes no sense to me mm -hmm. for what you will get for the minimal cost to be part of this. Mm -hmm. To see the change in the face of the gentleman that I met, it, there's, there's not a dollar sign you can put on that. You know, and to have them repeatedly say, I didn't know that was part of my membership. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, I don't get warm and fuzzy about a lot of things because of 30 years in law enforcement, but yeah. it, it was pretty nice. That's awesome. It was pretty nice coming back with Gary from our trip and, yeah. and being able to actually see what Gary had told me would happen and what Stan had told me would happen. Yeah. And, and then to actually see it happen, it's, it's pretty nice. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's a... Uh... I remember when I, when Stephen Maddox uh -huh. happened, <clears throat> so I got kept out of that um, for a long time because sure. I was a CEO and they kind of sure. wanted the separation. And um, so at the very end, uh, I kept up with his trial. And uh, from the <clears throat> first day, everybody was saying, this guy is amazing. This, like, this is, you know, like, couldn't be more legitimate shoot for us. Right. Our, that was our first major thing and um i remember i went out and met with him after the after the trial and i saw the pictures of him cutting his you know ankle bracelet off on the steps of the courthouse with don west and it yeah. was just like wow this is amazing yeah. and i went out and uh met with him and he wanted to do some videos for us so we sure. talked with him and uh you know he and i both broke down in a hotel room because he was you know 
had gone through all this and uh you know i'd gone through my thing and uh i remember landing in oklahoma city crying yeah on the airplane and i was just like holy crap like this like this is what came out of everything yeah. you know uh being sued in federal court and all that and then and then come full circle to be able yeah. to do that and now even going full circle being able to apply it toward you know investigations back sure. with officer involved shootings um so it is very <clears throat> fulfilling it's a uh, but it but i see what you're saying about it. it's a totally totally different role um, and a lot of people don't understand <clears throat> it's hard to understand what you're going to be going through until you go through right and and that's that's the other part of this that you know you don't really and i didn't really understand until I got on this side of it, you know, because I, act, I actually was a member of CCW Safe for the last two years of my career, mm -hmm. or year and a half of my career, um, because I had read enough about it. I knew who was in charge of the company. Mm -hmm. I knew it wasn't a fly-by-night thing, and it was just the right thing for me to do mm -hmm. uh, with the way things had changed, the way times had changed. Um, but I never knew until I got on this side of it, you can have all the money in the world. Mm -hmm. it, it, you may not need assistance posting your bond. You may not need assistance paying your attorney. You may not need assistance hiring investigators. But do you know what to do? Mm -hmm. Because that's what happens you don't have to worry about, one, you don't have to worry about the money. Okay, great. I, we won't bankrupt you um, because you can keep your own money. We have people that we'll do it for. But the biggest thing is the people that we bring to you for your team know what to do. There's no, you know, what do I need to do next? Well, I didn't know I needed to do that. And that was one of the things I saw when we went on our response was, the gentleman, the member, just kept saying, I didn't know that you all did all this. I didn't know this was part of it. And it's not because they don't pay attention. It's because they don't understand mm -hmm. what's getting ready to happen. So, again, we go back to the reason this fits for me is you're about to be steamrolled by something that you have no clue what it's going to do. And I'm still spending time in court on old homicide cases and old child pornography cases that I see every day in the courthouse, people part of this system that you have no idea. Mm -hmm. and, and then even if you are part of the system to be the person that the system is, is getting ready mm -hmm. to, to take note of, are you really in the good frame of mind to make those decisions yourself? Let the experts do that for mm -hmm. you. I know if I got involved in something, the first thing I'm going to do is make a phone call. Mm -hmm. And I've been, in, I've been a law enforcement officer. Mm -hmm. I know what to do. Yeah. But the stress of that situation, you, you can't, you well, can't replace I remember that, that on mine. I, I, <clears throat> yeah. Even being a police officer, dealing with attorneys, you know, daily yeah. at the courthouse. <clears throat> I still had no idea yeah. who to hire. I still had no idea about that side going through yeah. that side of it. Wouldn't it have been nice to be able just to kind of yeah. take a deep breath and yeah. make and, one phone call? 
And it was good at the time, uh, you know, FOP took care of everything. Sure. And we had Susan Knight yeah. that uh, took care of everything on that. And it, it was nice to be able to go through. I, I didn't have the stress that I would have had sure. hadn't I had that. And I couldn't imagine knowing what I know now, I couldn't imagine not having right. something like this. Right. Um, and again, I think a lot of people don't, they don't uh, understand it because it's, it's hard to understand until you go through it. And so. That's the thing. You can work within the the criminal justice system or the court system every day mm -hmm. and still not understand what's going to happen to you when you become the person that's going through it. It's totally, it's a totally different role. It's a totally different um, stress mm -hmm. that's brought on. It's a totally different, um, you know, your responses will not be the same. You're, you're supposed to do things differently. Um, so, you know, I couldn't have asked, um, I couldn't have asked for a better way to kind of put a lid, mm -hmm. so to speak, on my career in law, law enforcement than to use the experience that I gained from it in this type of situation. Um, you know, because it's, it's a difficult time right now. Mm-hmm. And for people to try and navigate it on their own, I, I just, I can't see that being an easy task. So it, yeah. it, it's a perfect fit for me. That's awesome. Well, I think we're at a point where we need to stop. Yeah. I do want to, I think we need to come back and do a second one because I really want to talk about kind of um, what you see uh, moving forward with CCW sure. Safe and your role. So, absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back uh, soon with another podcast. Sounds great. Awesome.